just as we stay in this place of worship and standing, I want to read today from the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 13, verses 7 through 14. It reads, Saul, King Saul remained at Gilgal, and all the troops were with him, were quaking with fear. He waited seven days, the time set by Samuel, Samuel who was the prophet, the mouthpiece of the Lord, the one who God would give the message to, to bring to the nation of Israel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and Saul's men began to scatter. So he said, bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. Just as he finished the making the offering, Samuel arrived. Don't you hate that? Just as, oh, then it happened. Just as, just as I was waiting and holding on and maybe had given up all hope, just as I did that, finally it came through. We all have these moments in our life Samuel arrived and Saul went out to greet him. What have you done? asked Samuel. Saul replied, When I saw that the men were scattering and that you did not come at the set time and that the Philistines, the enemy, were assembling at Michmash, I thought now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal and I have not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. You have done a foolish thing, Samuel said. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people because... You've not kept the Lord's command. I want to speak to you today on the title. It's a word that God has given me for you for this year. And it's this. Get ready. Get ready. It's time to get ready. It's time to get ready for what God wants to do in your life. It's time to be prepared. It's time to be prepared in the now for what God is going to do next. It's time to get yourself ready for what God is going to do. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. I don't know what it is you need to get ready for. I don't even know what it is that you need to get ready, but you need to get ready. You need to get ready for what God's going to do. You need to get ready for opportunity that's going to come in your life, provision that's going to come your way, people who are going to come into your life. And God says, get ready. Don't go ahead of me. Don't be so far behind me he says get ready to walk with me they get ready to go along with me in step by step with the lord in step of his spirit and being with god and god we pray in this morning every man every woman every family that's represented right now as we know and we believe the promises that you've spoken the words that you said will come to pass we thank you god for faithfulness we thank you god for obedience in this house in this place right now but god i pray that you would challenge us i pray as i preach your word that you would speak to our heart that you would convict us and within us would rise such a passion persistence perseverance to get ready for what you're going to do in Jesus name and everybody said amen 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 hey before you take your seats why don't you turn to someone and say get ready get ready get ready you can smile a little bit we're not going to be not going to challenge you to the point where you're going to leave down and depressed we're going to be inspired encouraged it's time to get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Amen. So good to see all of you here today. You're ready. January is almost always the fullest month of the year in church. Why? Because everybody's like, I need to go to church. You know why? Because you know I need to get ready. I haven't got all the answers. I, 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 I need help. I need others around me. I need to get ready. Is church the only place you can do that? Of course not. Does it mean that we're not ready when we don't go to church? Of course not. But 
It helps to get ready, to hear a word from what God wants to speak to you today, to get ready. I don't know if you've ever had this experience. I had this just a few days before Christmas. One of the opportunities as a pastor is to do a million weddings a year. I love them. I love every single one of them equally, just like I love my children equally. That's not a joke. Um, I do love weddings, though, by the way. I do get love getting invited to wedding if you do want to invite me or have me to do your wedding. But I don't know why I'm going on a tangent that way. I do love weddings, and one of the things I love about weddings is you got to get dressed up. Anyone like that? you got to get dressed up, especially when you're the one officiating the wedding. And some people give you instruction, the way you're supposed to dress, the color coordination, all these things that you learn as part of weddings, in particular, that all comes from the bride. And you know you need to get every single detail right. And I'm quite a, you know, someone who likes very particular in way all the things come into place. And I like everything being in order. But, but when I get ready to go to a wedding, and, you know, this one was from, I live here in South Dublin and go to New Newbridge, where the wedding was, in the Cadine Hotel, where myself and my wife got married there 15 years ago, and was marrying JP and Ciara, who are here, part of this church, part of our worship team from the very beginning, and they're on honeymoon right now, and I was just getting the suit on, it's a couple of days before Christmas, so everybody's in the Christmas mood, and stopped off in the Apple Green, and, and get out to, you know, get a cup of coffee, and I've never witnessed so many people kind of giving this stink eye, like, who does your man think he what does he think he's doing? Like people like give you the eye. They're like almost walking around in their pajamas getting ready for Christmas or in their work gear, you know, kind of reluctantly going to work and everybody's looking at you and your suit and everything and they just look and there's people give you the eye, especially in Ireland. It's like, it's a classic thing. Like, who's your man think he is, huh? Where's your man think he's going? And they give you the eye, but you know, I'm getting ready. I'm getting dressed. I'm getting prepared for where I'm going. I know where I'm going. It may feel awkward. It may let other people down. It may cause people for themselves to be awkward. Because we often, especially those who are closest to us, that we compete and compare ourselves against, often, I don't know if you've had in this, is you've had a group of friends or family, but when you start growing and you start dressing differently, speaking differently, thinking differently, behaving differently, what do people say? Who does she think she is? Who does he think he is? But you know, I'm dressing for where I'm going. I'm preparing for where I'm headed. I know where I'm going. I'm not there yet, uh, but I'm going to be ready for it. I'm going to get ready for it. How about in your own life this year as you've made decisions, you made, you know, resolutions maybe. You know, resolutions have their day in place, but the best change you can make is a change internally. And sometimes that looks like externally. But you know, I need to get ready for what God's going to do. I need to get ready for the year that's ahead. Maybe as a couple, you need to get ready for the family that you're about to start. Maybe you get ready for the house that you know is going to come your way. Maybe you need to get ready for the promotion. So you got to be diligent now so you can handle what God wants to give you. Maybe you need to be ready as you break off that habit, the wrong thinking. That attitude, whatever it is that God is speaking to you and preparing you in your heart, you need to get ready. Guess what? It's not going to come if you're not ready. It's not. You need to be ready. You need to be ready. You need to be dressed for the occasion. You need to be dressed and prepared for where you're going. You know, most of us are familiar as we hear this scripture, we're familiar with King David, you know, the one who slay Goliath, the one who people sang about him, and he was the, a great king of Israel, and then he has his son Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived. And he, uh, David wrote the book of Psalms, and of course, Solomon wrote Proverbs, Ecclesiastic, Songs of Solomon, but we often forget about Saul, King Saul. Saul was the very first king of Israel. What happened was, in this day and this time, the Israelites were being attacked by the Ammonites, the Amalekites, in particular the Philistines. And the Israelites were looking around at everyone else as they had Samuel as the prophet of the Lord. And before Samuel was the, the mouthpiece of God, the judges, the prophets. And that's who God would lead the people through. Just like he led them through Moses, taking them out of Egypt and Joshua into the promised land. And so what the Israelites began doing is they began looking around at every other nation and saying, hey. We want a king like everybody else. And so through the prophet Samuel, God shows 
Saul. It says that he was a head above the rest of his people. Saul saw himself as like everyone else, ordinary. But scripture says that when he was anointed to be king, the Holy Spirit came upon him and he became a new man. He became a different person. So when we hear about Saul, we often see the end of his life, which just like we each will leave a legacy, the story that will be told about us. But Saul, how he started was, was a man who was anointed by God and filled with the Holy Spirit. Just like we've all had these moments and experiences in our life where, where God has moved us or touched us or changed us or inspired us and we set out upon the path with, you know, an endearment and, and a fight and a, and a challenge to where we're going. But then life happens. Challenges happen. We become a different person. Or we go back to the old self. Not truly experiencing the new man and woman and creation that God has intended us to be. And Saul, he, he begins as this great warrior. He leads the Philistines. And what happens is he grows in his success. He also grows in his pride. And what happens is he begins to distance himself away from God and become more and more disobedient. He begins to think higher of himself. And so in this instance that we're reading in chapter 13, we read from chapter 1, which was the birth of Samuel and the, the bringing up of Samuel and then Samuel leading the people and then Saul being anointed. And now it comes to a pivotal point in Saul's life where God tests him. And so in this moment, the Philistines have been attacking like constantly have and Saul through his son Jonathan has a great victory and sends a message out to the whole nation he says come gather together with me we're going to defeat the Philistines and so everybody says Saul is getting his army ready and they come together at the battlefield the whole nation of Israel are there ready and waiting and equipped and what happens next the Philistines turn up 10 to 1. It says that the Philistines were as many as the sand on the seashore. They came so many, their chariots and their charioteers, and they come. What happens to the Israelites? They get freaked out, become fearful. It says panic sets in, and they begin scattering. They begin running away. They begin fleeing. It's just like we start out in 2023. It says it's going to be different, and I'm going to be different, and we have certain expectations it's going to happen this way, and then life happens. 2nd of January. Life happens. Things happen. You're reminded of your past. You're reminded of who you really are. You have people saying, who do you think you are? You have a trauma that you suffer that you didn't anticipate. You have a debt that's just strangling you like a noose around your neck. You have a loss in your family that happens and suffering and pain. And what brings up, oh, I didn't expect this to happen. And so this is what happens. And what, what the Israelites do is they go into action mode like all of us do in this scenario. Flight, fright, or fight. And oftentimes, what happens here in this moment? They flee. The people fleed. They left. Because fear caused them to, to leave and said, in their heart of hearts, they believe that we will not be delivered from this. And time and time again, God, the most victorious one, the Lord of the battle in this moment, they didn't trust the Lord. And so it turns our attention to Saul. He's in this moment. The people are leaving him. We've all been there before. We've all had this opportunity in our life. And it might be things that happen to us where, where battles happen and trauma happens. But the same can be opportunity can happen. Opportunity can take us off course. Open doors can actually veer us off the path that God has for us. We're praying for a relationship and then a person comes and we say, wow, this is him. This is her. But in fact, actually, we didn't discern that that's not who God has for us. We receive a promotion or we receive an opportunity. We receive, do you want to request? We think, oh, well, surely this is what God has for me. But actually, what happens is we make prideful decisions, thinking it's God, but actually we've not spent the time to discern and ask God, what have you got for me? You see, just like Saul and just like the Israelites, it's two areas of our life that takes us away from God and his path. Pride, it's about me. And fear, God can't do it. And I'm not able. And in this moment, Saul is in this place where he can make a decision to lead the people and say, God is the Lord of the battle. And he will provide. And we will trust in him. 
But what we see happens next is that he goes ahead of God. You see, the people, they understood that Samuel not being there was the very same as God not being present. Every battle before they would go in, the prophet Samuel would come and bless the army, bless the people so that they would be equipped and empowered to go and win the battle. And every time it happened. So they knew when Samuel is not here, we should not go in to battle. But Saul felt in his heart that they were running out of time. He grew impatient. He decided whether, I, whether it was out of fear that everyone was leaving or whether it was out of pride that I can do this. He went ahead of God. He moved ahead of him in a heart of disobedience. And what we see happens in this moment, Saul compromised his calling because he wasn't willing to wait. In a moment where he felt we're going to miss out on this if we don't, what happened was he missed out on it entirely. In a moment of being under pressure, overwhelmed, burdened, his character was crushed. And he gave in to the way he thought it should be rather than waiting on the time set before him. I want to encourage you this morning, don't allow delay to drive you to disobey God. Don't allow delay to drive you to disobey God. Because what happens is we say statements like this. Well, if I don't, I'll miss out. If I don't, this is what's going to happen next. If I don't, life will pass me by. And what happens is we, we put the consequences of missing out against the consequences of actually following God. And the truth is, the consequences of our disobedience far outweighs the consequences of our obedience. If we truly hold on and wait for God and walk with God, what happens is God often uses delay to test us. Delay to test our obedience. And then what happens is it deepens our faith in Him. It deepens our trust in Him. It deepens our dependence on Him. And we hold on when everything around us convinces us that it's not going to happen. It's not going to take place. You won't make it. And in the 11th hour, God performs a miracle. He comes through supernaturally. And as you step into the next battle and season of your life, you grow and you walk with confidence and a deeper dependence on God because you're able to say, God came through then. He's going to come through now. I know it. I held on. I experienced it. And you know what? I experienced it in his life and his life and her life. And I saw it happen. I believe and I hold on that even in this moment, even when the battle seems greater and the enemy seems larger and bigger and the challenge is more than I've ever experienced before, God can do it. God will do it. God was testing Saul. He was giving them the opportunity to show his true character. That even being under pressure, even at, at the cost of suffering, the loss of his army, of the nation, of his kingship, testing him. And Saul in his impatience goes ahead of God. Instead of being prepared, of getting ready, of waiting for God to take the steps so I can walk in step with him. Verse 10, just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived. If he just waited, if he just been prepared for God's perfect timing, Samuel turned up on time. Just as he gave up, Samuel was there. God was there. If he just waited, that's what's incredibly sad about this scenario. And the scenario that all of us experience in our life and in our walk. God turned up on time. And Samuel's response is, what have you done? One translation says, you fool. The Irish translation says, you Egypt. Why did you do that? We've all been here. We've all messed up. We've gone, gone ahead of God when we should have stayed it. We've sinned and done wrong. And here's what the difference is, I believe, between Saul and me. And between Saul and you. Rather than confessing of a sin and turning to repentance, Saul chose 
to reason, to give excuses, to justify his actions. Here's what he says in response to Samuel as he asks, what have you done? He says, when I saw that the men were scattering, when I saw the reality before me, when I saw the lack, when I saw the need, when I saw what was going before me and that, that you did not come at this set time, he blames Samuel, just like we blame God. You didn't come. You didn't do it. And that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash. The, the enemy was ready. Sometimes we may even think to ourselves, everyone else got to experience. Everyone else is being blessed. Everyone else who's close to me is experiencing the goodness of God, and I'm not. And so it says, I thought. He uses logic. He uses reason. And I have not sought the Lord's favor. He, he even makes it sound spiritual. Like as if he's doing the right thing. How many of us do this? We're like, we can, we can feel like this is where God's leading me. I know it, I feel it. But it really, at the heart of hearts, we know it. it's not where he's leading us. It says that I felt compelled to. You can hear the case that he's building. You can hear the reasoning, the logic, the thought behind it. In a moment where he's caught out, he's been disobedient. because He said, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. I repent, I ask for your forgiveness in this moment. He says, I felt compelled to. The definition of compelled to is forced into, pressured into, obliged to. So I made the offering. I took the place of God and I made things happen. Rather than confessing and repenting, which always leads to forgiveness and restoration. Always. Always leads to forgiveness and restoration. He chose to make excuses. He chose to justify. And how many times do we do this in our own life? We use reason. We use thinking. We use justification. We even make it sound spiritual. We wrap it up in a nice bow and we say, this is what God has for me. The truth of the matter is, it's not what he has for you. It's not who he has for you. It's not what he has for you. It's not where he has for you. But what he has for you is what he has for you. And that's between you and the Lord and your relationship with him and hearing from him and being obedient to him. But you know it's not the right time. In fact, it may even go at, at, not yeah, even... Ahead of God, it may go against God. What happens in this moment for Saul and for us, we suffer the consequences. When if only we followed the commands of the Lord, we would have avoided the consequences and experienced the blessing of God. But the truth and reality is that life has consequences. And even though we sin and we may confess and receive forgiveness, there's still consequences to our actions. There's consequences to disobeying the word of God. God has already spoken in his word. He says to us commands like give your first to God. Our response, excuse, justification is, well, I had so many other things I had to give to first. Remain pure in your relationships. So we thought, why wait? Like, what's, what's the big deal? Treat your wife with respect. But you don't understand. She doesn't treat me with the respect I deserve. Honor your authority, your superior, your, your boss, your parents. But they don't understand. They don't know what they're doing. Bring your children up in the ways of the Lord. Oh, but they're not interested in God. They're not interested in church. Wait on the Lord to provide. But he didn't provide at the set time. So I had to provide. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But you don't understand. If you want to get ahead in life, if you want to succeed, you've got to play the game. You've got to play like everybody else. You've got to behave like everybody else. Sounds very like Saul, when I saw you didn't come through at the right time, at the set time. You didn't provide. You didn't rescue. Everyone else is ready. So I thought, I reasoned, I felt compelled to. So I did. Is resonating with anyone? It's the fourth time I've preached this message. Let me tell you, 
it's a lot harder to say it than it is to hear it. Because I am so convicted and challenged. This scripture, when God, when I read this, it was like it stood out to me and I knew God was saying to me in this moment. I'm like that. I do that. All the time. And I need to be brought to a place of confession and repentance that always leads to forgiveness. Verse 13, Samuel replies, you've not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Saul knew the Lord's command. He knew it. He couldn't plead ignorance. He couldn't say, well, I wasn't aware. You know, some of us are young in our faith and in our walk with God, and I believe that there's grace for mistakes and failure. Always. There's grace. But at the same time, God calls us to grow in our wisdom, in our knowledge, and our understanding of his word. To become mature. To become more Christ-like. To walk in obedience in the commands of God that we can't plead ignorance. That we have to grow in our wisdom. And then what happens as, as Saul should have, as we should have grown and learned and deepened his understanding of God. And instead he doesn't. And he disobeys God. And then Samuel says the sentence that haunts Saul for the rest of his days. The rest of his life. It was this moment that it was pre these words and post these words. And this convicted me. It challenged me because it gave me a healthy fear of God. The healthy fear of actually my actions have consequences. My beliefs have consequences and blessings. And I want to say to you today that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of understanding. It's the beginning of you actually coming to a place where you have a healthy fear of God that causes you to say, well then I should believe. I need to believe. I need to follow him. And he says these words. He says to Saul, he says, if you had, he would have established your kingdom here on earth that would endure. If you had obeyed, if you had trusted, if you had waited, he, he would have. If you had, God would have. If you had waited, if you had held on, if you would have remained faithful, if you would have placed your full dependence on God, if you would have just waited a little longer, held on, believed, come close to his word, turn to him in prayer and worship, cry out to him, do whatever it is that you need to do, God would have provided. He would have blessed you. He would have spoken to you. He would have sent people around you. He would have strengthened you. He would have equipped you, empowered you, given you what you needed. If you had, God would have. Rather than this causing within us pain, guilt, shame, regret. Oh, if only I had. Because we're all in the same place. We've all had sins and failures and mistakes. But rather than what's natural and human to cause shame to rise in us, why don't we instead allow this to encourage us and inspire us to say, this won't be my story. This won't be my testimony. From this day forward, I will. And I believe that God will. I will wait. I will get ready. I will be prepared. I will stay strong in him. I will be strong and courageous. I will not waver. I will not fail. I will not falter. I will not be stepped back, held back, held down. I will move forward with God. I will believe in him. I will stand in him. I will trust in him. I will deepen in him. I will grow in him. I will. It's not going to be if you had, God would have had. It's I did and God came through. He provided. He made a way. I'm thankful to God that everything I experienced in my life is not because of me, but it's all because of Him. And it's only by the grace of God that I'm here, that I'm alive today before you. But if I'd made that decision differently, I wouldn't be here. That's the gospel. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. What's going to be your story and your testimony? Saul's testimony is one of the saddest stories in the Bible, in history. He informs him, verse 14, Samuel informs Saul of his disobedience. Now your kingdom will not endure. 
you'd waited and be ready for Samuel's arrival, we could be reading about the lineage of Saul, not the lineage of Jesus. It could be a different account written in the history books if you'd been ready. If you'd made the decision in that moment is that men are scattering and they're leaving you. Is everything before him has fallen apart. And even if it was just Saul and he was the only one, if he knew in his heart, God can win this battle even if there's just me. If there's no one else around me and I've got no confidence nor courage to stand with me, all I need is God. If he'd been ready, he set up the offering and Samuel arrives and says, I waited for you. I'm ready. I'm ready. I've got my sword ready. It's been sharpened. I'm ready. I'm hungry. I have a desire. Bless me. Let's go. Bless me. The Lord is the Lord of the battle. But instead it says, verse 14, the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointing him ruler of his people because you've not kept the Lord's command. We're all like Saul. We are Saul in this story. We are prideful, deceitful, arrogant, ignorant, unfaithful, untrustworthy, sinful, disobedient. But God in his goodness chose a man after his own heart. He chose David. And through David came the Son of God. Through David came Jesus Christ, the Son of David, the Redeemer, the Christ, the Messiah, the Deliverer, the Restorer, the Rescuer. And through Jesus, he truly is the one who's been appointed as a ruler of his people, the Lord of our lives. And even though we sin and we don't obey, and we continue to disobey, God in his goodness and his grace, he chose Jesus Christ. And through Jesus, our sins are washed clean. Through Jesus, our heart is purified. That through Jesus, and through confession and repentance and faith in Jesus, we receive forgiveness. Thank God that in his goodness, his grace is sufficient and His grace is there. And Jesus is there to sustain us, to walk with us day by day, breath by breath, strength or no strength in our weakness, in our insufficiency, in even our wrongdoing and disobedience. Jesus is there and through Him we become new. His mercies are new. His grace is there at the end no matter where we are. Well, like so, we must understand that there's our actions have consequences. This statement, if you had, he would have, is just as true, relevant today as it was for Saul. Fortunately, there's been many opportunities where I missed out on because I wasn't ready for when the time came. Or I wasn't prepared for when the moment came that God had for me. Times where... I didn't wait when I should have. And the word that God has given me for 2023, for open arms, for you, for me, is get ready. Get ready. Because God is going to bring abundance and provision and opportunity into your life. God is going to bring open doors. He's going to bring supernatural provision, physical healing, emotional breakthrough, financial provision, new innovations, new ways of doing things, thinking. He's going to bring them into your life. So it's time to get ready. It's time to get ready. It's time to be prepared in the now for what God is going to do next. The timing of those things are up to God. All he causes, calls us to do is to obey, is to trust in him, to have faith in him. And the question I want to ask you today is, what if you decided that I'm going to get ready?
I'm going to be prepared. Jesus says, no man will know the day when it comes. Just like humans try and predict the weather in Ireland, it's the hardest place on earth to predict the weather. He says, you will not know the day, you will not know the time or the hour. He's speaking of his second coming, but the same is true for every request, every prayer, every dream, every desire and need that we have. We don't know when it's going to come, but we can just, God says, ask and you will receive. Asking is your part. Getting ready to receive is your part. The rest is up to God. How can God give you something or someone if you're not yet ready? God gives good gifts to his children. But he also gives good gifts to those who are ready to steward the gift. How can he place something in your hands when your hands are like that? Unwilling to let go. Clenched tight like a fist. How can he move in your heart when your heart is full of bitterness and contempt and unforgiveness and anger? How can God move you forward when you're stuck in your past? How can God give you a new word when you never implemented the last one he gave you? Maybe the reason that you haven't yet received is because you're not yet ready. So get ready. That's the answer. Get ready. Be prepared. I'm going to get ready. I'm going to do what I have to do. I'm going to trust in God. I'm going to stay away from sin and temptation and impurity. I'm going to stay and walk with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to get ready. I'm going to get ready. I found it's true to be in my own life where I've been praying for more when I can't even handle what I have. I've been praying for God to give me when I can't even look after what he's given me. I, I've, I've prayed to God. Don't know if you've ever done this. Prayed especially in worship. I pray for greater things. But yeah, I'm not even grateful for what I have. Pray for God to do this, to do that. When he's saying, walk on what I've already done. I've missed out on so much because I wasn't ready. One area in my life that I've been praying for, being on a journey of, is asking God for a, a permanent home for our church here, our church plan. Started back in March 2018, waiting for, for a home. And God, you know what? He provided in the most miraculous way, financially. And many of you know will know that as you shared about that Vision Sunday, our Vision Series, our Vision Offering. God has provided miraculously. But you would think, logically, the rest would be easy, right? You think that. No, it's not easy. <laughs> but he gives us the grace. Back in October, and I never shared this before. Back in October, we were in the middle of negotiations of a very large building in a great location. Like a fantastic home. It was perfect. And it was a multi-million euro deal. Like it was, it was far greater than I had anticipated, but I felt that God was in it. In the weeks leading up to it, you know, we have to get planners involved and agents and architects and discussing owners and the negotiation and making all the decisions and the details and the directions of where things are going and what's going to do and all this stuff. And I became anxious. Panic began to set in. I found myself coming to a place of being overwhelmed, burdened, heavy, crushed. Not only just what I was experiencing, but what I was going through and the trauma that was, you know, built up over the months previous. And I was just in this place where I was like, I felt like I was just keeping it together. You ever feel like that? One more thing, like the camel, the straw that broke the camel's back. Once that doesn't come, I, I feel I can get through this. And so it was building up and building up and it agreed with the owners and the price and talked to the agent and the agent and the owner. And then it came to a head where we had the solicitor lined up and it was a Wednesday afternoon that the contract was going to be sent to the solicitor. We could sign it. We could move on then to the payments. And it was a Wednesday morning and I went for counseling. And it was the first of many times because I needed. I went home for counseling and you know, at that point had really held on to a lot of things, talked but not really talked. 
And I just began, for whatever reason, just like, wow, this is how I feel. This is what I'm going through. I feel this way. I feel overwhelmed. I feel burdened. I feel crushed. I feel like I can't carry this weight. I said all these things, and in response, as the counselor was coming back, and it was like the Holy Spirit spoke within me so loudly these words, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. And even the acknowledgement of that, the not only the awareness of it, but like in that moment, actually confessing it. Say, I don't feel ready. Everything that I've prayed for, prepared for, asked God for, about to happen, I don't feel ready. And this is what I know in this. I'm a very prideful, very resourceful, very driven, ambitious man who can do all things without God who strengthens me. I can go before God. I can make things happen without God. I can kick doors down. I can break walls down. I say it because I know you can too. I know we all do this. We go ahead with God, uh, of God in the name of God, but really it's in the name of Sean. And I know this to be true. If I had gone ahead of God, I would have suffered. My wife would have suffered. My children would have suffered. My church would have suffered. We might experience what we think is goodness in a moment, what God hasn't got it for us. What we thought was blessing becomes a burden. And in this moment, and the, the reminder, and maybe you need to be reminded today, that Jesus says that I will carry your burdens. Jesus says that this weight that you carry is not for you and you alone, but he says that I will carry the weight with you. In fact, the scripture says that learn with me the unforced rhythms of my grace. Walk with me. Walk with me. Don't go ahead of me. Don't go before, far back when God's like trying to get us to move. Walk with me. As I acknowledge this and was aware of this in my moments, like my chest could breathe. Honestly, it's like a superpower because you're like, I don't care what happens next because I know what's true. I know what I need. I know I'm not ready yet. I know, so I need to get ready. But whatever happens, happens. You ever had that moment? Whatever happens, happens. There's, there's, a, there's something within you when you come to this place of recognition, you come to this place of awareness. And I came home to Jillian, my wife, and, and I said, look, I, I realize this. I recognize this. She says, great. I've known that for months. I'm delighted that you finally know that to be true. And an hour later, the agent called. He said, the owners have just pulled out. There's no deal. Honestly, in that moment, there was relief. There was like, but there was sadness. There was disappointment. Because then you go back to, well, then if it's not going to be that, where is it going to be? When is it going to be? What's going to happen? And you go back into all the logical things, but actually go, no, I'm not ready yet. So get ready. Get ready. Get ready. So you can be ready. So you can be prepared. I don't know where it's going to come from. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know what it's going to look like. But I'm going to get ready. I'm going to get ready. For the goal that God set before me, I will press towards. I will let go of my past. I will strain towards ahead to attain the goal for which God has called me heavenward. I'm going to get ready. I'm going to press forward. But maybe today, maybe you feel in that place where you're burdened, where you're weighed down, where you're carrying a weight that is not for you to carry, at least maybe not in this time and in this season. Maybe you need to be able to acknowledge in yourself, I'm not ready. I need this weight taken away from me. I need this responsibility removed from me. Maybe it's not just so linear where it's yes, no. Maybe it's like not yet. Not yet. Maybe I need to pause. I need to just lay it down for some time. I need to back it up so I can get myself healthy. I can get myself ready. I can be ready to go again. Ready for the next season. Maybe there's some things that you need to stop and you need to give it up. So hard. It's so difficult to make change in that space where I need to change my habits, change my behaviors, change my thinking, change my attitude. But I know if I can go through the hard things and do the hard work, there's God is on the other side. 
Maybe that, as I mentioned many times, resentment, bitterness, unforgiveness, contempt, hatred, anger. You ask yourself the question, where is that coming from? Maybe you can't move forward because you got to go deeper before you go further. Maybe you got to go deeper to see where is the roots coming from. Maybe you do need to do the hard work in a course, through books, with a counselor, with wise counsel. Maybe that's what you need to do. Ask God, God, what is it I need to do? Maybe something so practical. Maybe you need to upskill yourself. Maybe you need to re-educate yourself. Maybe there's something very practical that God is trying to align your attention with so that you could see. Because oftentimes, here's what happens. We get the axe and we're chomping every time like this. And we just think, keep going. I just keep going. If I just keep banging, one day maybe that tree is going to fall. Rather than actually taking that axe and sharpen it, prepare it. I'm going to be diligent. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to have an attitude. I can't wait for this. I'm going to be hungry. I've got desires. And it's just going to take little effort in the right position. And everything's going to follow after it. Maybe you're at this place where you say, I'm not okay. I'm not healthy. Maybe it's a place of confession to your spouse, to your children, to your friends. And so you don't know what's really going on, but this is what's happening. Maybe getting ready is getting honest, getting healthy. Maybe you're at the other end of the spectrum where you're hungry, you're passionate, you're ambitious in a healthy way. You've got a desire. You've got a dream. You're writing about it. You're thinking about it. It's a picture in your mind, a dream to become reality. And you know God has it for you. And you're in that place where you you could easily step ahead of him. But God is saying, wait, get ready. Get ready. Let it build up. Let it swell within you for when the moment comes. This church plant, I'll say this. I saw this before it happened. Now, I'm not glorifying myself here. You need to hear me because we're co-laborers with Christ. Everything I do with God is in his strength. I saw this before it happened. For seven years, I waited. I was ready. And I get prepared. I can see what God's going to do. And you know what? I can see the seven years ahead from now. I know what God's going to do. I know what it's going to look like. I'm already there. But in the here and now, i got to get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. You need to get physically ready. You need to get physically healthy. You need to get emotionally ready. Mentally ready. Financially ready. Relationally ready. What is it that you need to get ready for? Start now. Ask God, God, what is the assignment that you have for me? What is the goal that you set before me? What is the dream that you place in my heart? What's the passion, the personality, the makeup, the gifts, the talents that you've given to me that together with you, we're going to see great things accomplished. Get ready. Get ready. Spend time mastering where you are so that you can move into where God has for you. Hey, why don't we just close our eyes and bow our heads for a moment? I know I've said so many things, touched on so many different avenues and different ways in your heart and your life that where you need to make decisions. But just to ask some questions of you right now, between you and the Holy Spirit, what do you need to pause and get ready for? What do you need to pause and get ready for? As you check your heart, where have you been operating in pride or in fear that you need to release and surrender to God. Maybe it's a place where you need to go and wait. You need a season. You need a time before the next time. You need that middle ground. You need that that safe place so that you can get ready. Finally, I ask you this. 
What do you sense that God is calling you to get ready for? What do you sense He's calling you to get ready for? You're heading to the wedding. What do you need to wear? What do you need to dress up in? Clothed in majesty and righteousness and humility, self-awareness, purity of heart and of mind. So when I turn up and God turns up, marriage made in heaven. When I'm ready and God's there waiting for me, we're all waiting on God. Oftentimes He's waiting on us. Make the decision today. I want to get ready. Friends, even some family members, even some loved ones that may be out of a good place, they may say certain things, think certain things about you cut you down when they don't mean to but they do nonetheless you know in your heart of hearts I know what I'm getting ready for I know where I'm going I know God's going to do something great it's time to get ready hey with your eyes closed and your head bowed rather than us missing out on the lesson that we can learn through Saul Allow us to always come to this place of confession and repentance. So would you repeat with me a prayer of confession, salvation in Jesus Christ, and say with me, Jesus, I am sorry. I confess of my sin. I repent in my heart. And I need your forgiveness. I believe today that I am forgiven. I am set free. I'm saved by your grace in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on, let's stand to our feet as we finish in worship.